Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. The Power Ranking Show is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for all of your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for football, basketball, baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and the easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games that are available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use promo code BELIEVE for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. And that, of course, is the voice of at Marcus underscore Mosher. This is the Power Rankings podcast, a.k.a. the Power Rankings show. We are doing the Power Rankings. Uh, Marcus had some really important meetings today uh, discussing his lengthy career in pro football. And mm. so uh, we're, we're coming at you. Football, uh, by the way. Oh, yeah, he's back in after calling me 80 times this weekend, moaning about every possible scenario from penalty calls to the Steelers to everything. This is all made Steelers. up. Yeah, yeah. He did not complain about the Steelers-Rams game at least five times at all. Um, can we do an over-under on that? Uh, yeah, so we're going to do the power rankings. Uh, we've got uh, a lot to get to. Can you just tell me why you think this season's so dumb and you hate it? Before we get to the rankings, I mean, <laughs> so we can my, stay on brand about complaining. <laughs> one of my overarching thoughts from the season, I, I think, and I, I've complained about this before. I think the officiating has been worse than ever, just from inconsistencies to missed calls to having the opportunity to overturn things on the field with the the eye in the sky, as the league calls it. Um, I, I saw at least three different games this week where there was game-changing mistakes by the referees. I'm not even saying questionable calls, but like, without a doubt, mistakes by the officials, even just understanding the rules and the operations of the games. And I just don't feel like there's any kind of repercussions for them having awful calls. We see coaches get fired all the time because their teams don't win. We see players get cut and traded and released. But the officials can mess up week in and week out, and there's, there's no penalty. I think the Colts and Browns is the most egregious. So the one you sent me the the clips, uh, we talked about it. I mean, I think that that was awful. Um, the Amari Cooper play, I could understand, but not the, I don't remember who the throw was. Oh, the people's jumps. Oh, the PI out of bounds. Like, give me a break. And if the official was thinking, yeah, well, he could have jumped for it because the ball was way high at the boundary, the side boundary of the end zone. But the receiver wasn't to the spot yet. And it wasn't like he got held, you know, if, if the receiver's at the spot and he can make a leaping play on the ball and you restrict him from making a jump, I can understand that. But if you're saying, yeah, that ball would have been catchable if the receiver could jump, the receiver needs to be at that spot for that to happen. Mm-hmm. He's got to, he's got to run to the spot. He's got to break down, i.e. slow up to jump. And the receiver was clearly running, trying to get to this. There, there's no way in the world that ball was going to be caught. Like uh, I, uh, nope. I hated that one. Uh, for sure. And I saw the spot on the Steelers Rams was a little bit of a quirk. It was a terrible spot. It didn't lose the game for the Rams, but it happened with two thirteen left in the game. I, uh, so it wasn't inside of two minutes and Sean McVay had already burned his last time out. So he couldn't challenge it. 
They weren't going to do the eye in the sky because it wasn't two minutes. It was 2.13. And people got really upset, Marcus, because, because it was a running play, they had to reset and, and run the clock. So the clock ran from 2.13. Because it was a running play and he got tackled in bounds. They had to run the clock down from 2.13 to two minutes. And people are saying, hey, it's inside of two minutes. Not when the play happened, it wasn't. It was at 2.13. So the, I think there was a misunderstanding of the rule book. Well, and- I'll also just add really quickly in there. We see these expedited reviews across the league where, hey, they can quickly see if somebody caught the ball or it was an incompletion. And a team doesn't have to use their challenge you know, outside of the two-minute mark, right? They're just trying yes. to speed things up quicker. The NFL has the ability to do that. They just decided not to in this situation. Right. And I, I do think the Kenny Pickett play was a fairly obvious spot. You just had to have the right replay. Uh, when they, sh- they It took a certain replay to show it. You know, and sometimes that happens. They'll show the first replay. You're like, ah. The second one, you're like, okay, it's a little too co- close to overturn that. Then they showed the third one, and you could clearly see his knee hit the ground and where the ball was in his hand. And he was a ha- he was a full half yard short it was not like inches so it was a big play the rams could have maybe gone down and tied it but it it didn't it certainly didn't lose the rams the game so we'll get to the steelers and rams are really close uh in my rankings uh my rankings absolutely stink because the nfl's product uh is what it is uh we don't have any good teams so i'm going to do the best that i can here to decipher what i've been seeing let's start with our first one uh, the Panthers are the easiest one to rank on the entire power rankings. They are 32. It's an easy 32. I was high on the Cardinals earlier, but Marcus, they've had three bad games in a row. I do think the Bears are clearly better uh, right now, but they're playing this young quarterback, and we don't really know what he's going to do when a team has a chance to prepare for him, and we'll see him Sunday night. Yeah, I would say with the Cardinals, after a really nice start to the season, beating the Cowboys in Week 3, they've now lost four straight games by double digits. It seems like other teams are starting to figure out that offense a little bit. Uh, and the schedule's really tough for them going forward. Except I think you're gonna, they're going to win this week against Baltimore. So what, what, am I, what am I talking about? Yeah, they're not getting any offensive production right now. That's really where it is. It's not their defense that's losing these games. I can tell you that. Um, okay, so Carolina at 32, Arizona at 31, Chicago Bears at 30. Uh, the Packers at 29, and I think the Bears are right there. And the Broncos at 28. You know, you could jumble these teams up. I know the Broncos got a win. I still don't think they're a good football team at all. They beat the Packers. I think the Packers are the most disappointing team on this list. And actually, I think they're the most disappointing team in the NFL. There was a lot of hype about Jordan Love going into the year, all the different weapons they had. This defense was supposed to be really good. And Elliot, they stink. Like, they're bad on both sides of the ball. I don't know what they do well right now. This is a bad team that I could see going – five and 12 pretty easily this season. I mean, they're, they're like you said, their defense certainly playing under expectations. People have pointed out their running backs, particularly those of you that follow fantasy that hasn't done anything for them. Jordan love really hasn't done much for them. Christian Watson remember had that great streak of, or just that run of tons of touchdowns and a limited amount of games. He was hurt at the beginning of the year. They're just, they're just not getting anything done offensively or defensively. The Broncos ditto, um, I, again, I acknowledging that the Broncos did win, um, at home by a field goal. Uh, the giants at 27 got a big win over the commanders. They've played two weeks of better football. I wouldn't call this a, a good team and I'm not ready to put the Patriots there either at 26, even though they beat the bills because they just lost to my 25th ranked team, the Raiders a week and a half ago, who just got blown out by the bears playing a kid from division two in his first career start. 
Yeah, the Raiders haven't scored more than 19 points in any game this year. And they've got arguably the best receiver in the NFL in Devontae Adams, a really good number two receiver in Jacoby Myers, and the NFL's leading rusher from last year in Josh Jacobs. And they cannot score at all. They're bad. It's it, This is a really, really bad team. Okay, so I'm going to ask you something that you normally ask me. Of these bottom eight teams, who's the most likely to, to have a chance to make the playoffs? Because usually when you've asked me this, there's one of the other NFC South teams on here besides Carolina. <laughs> so I could just automatically pick that team. But by three NFC South teams, other ones are higher than these. So is there any team on here? I, I have one guess, but I, I want to. I mean, the guess. Giants are technically the closest. They're like a game and a half back of a wild card spot, but. No, they're. I mean, the Giants are not going to get a while. I, I guess I would lean New England just because of Bill yeah. Belichick figuring things out. But that team is not very yeah. talented. If they stay healthy, Mac Jones plays like he did against Buffalo. They usually have pretty good defensive game plans. They could maybe win it that way, and then running Stevenson and Elliott a lot, uh, which is what they did against Buffalo. They were using Elliott a lot in in short yardage and goal to go using improperly. Maybe they do it that way, limiting Mac Jones's pass attempts. Either way, I'm tired of talking about these teams. Let's go to uh, 17 through 24. I love this group of teams so much. It's so <laughs> much fun. Yeah. So uh, Tennessee trades Kevin Bayard. It looks like give up time there. Washington, who I have at 23. So Tennessee's 24. Washington, who I have at 23, couldn't win in a game you thought they should easily be able to win. I've given up hope on them. And I think it's pretty clear that the Saints, you just can't put any faith or confidence in them. They are up and then they are totally down. They're my 22nd team. I, the Titans here are, I think we're going to see the Titans be really bad the next couple of weeks. They've got a really tough schedule coming up and I think they need to, I, I think they need to bottom out. I think they need to kind of reset everything. And if that's the case, Maybe we see trades of Derrick Henry and DeAndre Hopkins over the next couple of weeks. Uh, 21, 20, and 19. I've got Tampa at 21, Atlanta at 20. They played a really controversial game uh, this week. Uh, some craziness at the end of the game regarding substitution. Uh, Todd Bowles was livid. You remember they had a really controversial call last year in Tampa when I think it was Grady Jarrett got called for roughing the yep. passer on Tom Brady. It was a bad call. And then 19, the Rams. And I'm I'm circling these three teams because I think these three teams still have a chance. I think the Rams are the best of this group uh, because they're getting the best quarterback play and they have the best head coach. Am I wrong here? No, I think the Rams are the better team here, but I, I probably want to Tampa Bay or Atlanta is well – I guess either team number 20, 21, or 22 is going to host a home playoff game this year. And I can't see them being favored, favored in that game at all, no matter who they play. I, I think all these teams are very average. I think Atlanta probably is the best because I think they can run the ball better than anybody else in the division. But, man, they have some big issues there. Yeah, and uh, just grabbing my AirPods case here. My good old AirPods went out on me. Uh, you know – if you look at 18 and 17, Cincinnati and Minnesota, both of these teams had a really rough start to the season. They have kind of rebounded. Uh, I know Cincinnati didn't play this week, uh, but they get a little healthier. They did have a big win against Seattle. You got to give them that. Their offense got a little bit back on track against Arizona a few weeks ago. And then Minnesota seems to be back on track without Justin Jefferson when Jefferson comes back with Addison, if Cousins can keep up the way he played against San Francisco, uh, would you trust them more than Cincinnati? 
to get into the playoffs. Yes, I do. First of all, Cincinnati is just in a way tougher division with Cleveland, Baltimore, Pittsburgh, all having better records already. Um, All three of those teams won last week when the Bengals were on a bye. I also think this Bengals offense is kind of broken, and I don't think it's just because Joe Burrow's calf was bothering him. They're not creating explosive plays. They look really slow. Meanwhile, Minnesota is getting great production from TJ Hawkinson. Jordan Addison looks like a star, and Justin Jefferson is going to be back in a few weeks. This is looking like one of the best offenses in the league. I'm kind of buying the Vikings right now. Are you buying my Kirk Cousins MVP pick? (laughs) No, but I – would it shock you if this is Kirk Cousins' best year of his career? I, I, I've already seen him play two incredible games this year. The the Thursday game against Philadelphia, which they lost, yep. he was outstanding. Yep. And then this game against San Francisco might have been the best of his career. Weren't there a couple big drops by the Vikings in that game against Philadelphia? Oh, yeah, it, and yep. that was the game that they lost two left tackles. They had multiple injuries inside, and Kirk Cousins just kept on dealing. Right. Right. Uh, let's look at uh, 16 through nine to see some of the teams that Minnesota is going to have to get through, uh, particularly my number nine team. But but let's uh, start at the top here, uh, at least the top of this uh, page. If you're following along uh, on Believe, obviously, if you're listening to us, I've got the Chargers at 16. I've got Pittsburgh at 15, the Jets at 14, the Colts at 13. Let's go with that four pack right there. Good luck picking between these teams. It seems like Pittsburgh's the most plucky of the teams. And I would say the Colts are the most unlucky. Um, The Chargers played tough against Dallas, but you know, at some point you got to win these kind of games and they're just bad at doing it. In some ways, I kind of like the Jets because the Jets defensively, I think the Jets can run the ball. I think they can win some ugly, ugly football games. But if you take the Chargers, the Steelers, the Jets and the Colts, all AFC teams, all going to be trying to get that seventh wild card, let's say, I think the Colts have consistently played the best of this group. So the Colts can run the ball, the best of the of these th- uh, four teams. The Jets probably have the best overall defense. The Steelers create the most splash plays and the most turn- takeaways. What do the Chargers do well after seven games? The Chargers have one clear advantage over these teams. And it's when I say clear, it's, I mean, this is a gulf. It's, it's Justin Herbert versus... Kenny Pickett, who I'm not as hard on Kenny Pickett as Marcus is. I think he does make big plays when he has to. You got to give him a little bit of a clutch factor. You just wish he didn't stink up the joint sometimes. Zach Wilson, I don't obviously feel the same way about. Gardner Minshew, I think, has had some nice moments this year. Obviously, um, he, he's not the answer, but no. the Colts, as you put it, have supported their quarterback all the way around the best of these teams. Um I don't know. It's hard with the Chargers, though. They're not doing anything else well. And no, Justin they don't do anything great. They're not coached well. They can't run the ball. They can't stop the run. They don't create consistent pass rush. And Justin Herbert's having to make ridiculous throws just to get them, you know, to, to midway, you know, across the field. So I, I think we got the Chargers game, uh, Chargers Bears Sunday night football this week. If the Chargers lose that game, I wonder if we're going to see a coaching change. You, you cannot lose that game if you're the Chargers. It'll be interesting to see how our number 12 team, Houston, comes out of the bye. Uh, they have shown some potential this year. I, I really wish they would have pulled out the game at Atlanta. I think that would have made a really big mm-hmm. difference uh, in their season so far. Cleveland at 11 has got an interesting conundrum. Uh, what do you make of the Deshaun Watson situation or the, or the rumor mill? Yeah, so – a lot of people didn't think he was going to play last week. He practiced on Thursday and Friday, and I guess looked really, really good. 
And then on Sunday, he was one of five, and it was just clear that he had no velocity. He got hit really hard uh, on his final play. Uh, it, it was a play that was intercepted, eventually called back. Um, it was cleared from concussion protocol, and Kevin Stefanski just didn't put him back in. And I think what the issue was is he's dealing with some kind of shoulder injury that I don't think is – it's it's not as significant that he can't play through it, but it's clearly hindering him. But it's not necessarily something that they feel like he has to go get fixed right now, but they probably does. And I know I'm being really vague here because I think the Browns are being vague because they don't know either. It's it's one of these really weird situations where do you just have him go get a, a surgery now and reset for the 2024 season, or do you give him a three-week break, a four-week break, and kind of assess – when we get back to Thanksgiving to see where the Browns are at and how he's feeling. Well, you know, if it was a rotator cuff, I think they would know that it's probably a torn labrum. Torn labrums are really tricky. They don't always show up on MRIs. They're they're You could have a torn labrum right now and not even know that you do. They're not always painful. Uh, but when you're playing pro football and you're throwing, it gets inflamed. Also, torn labrums sometimes can be so small that's not necessarily something you want to go in with arthroscopic surgery and fix. But normally NFL players get their labrums fixed, but they will play a lot of games with a torn labrum. That's why I'm guessing that's what that is. Um, the Jags at 10, the Lions at 9. So the Jags Saints was like Turd Bowl 3000. Yep. Uh, that's what I, I mean, Thursday night football in the year 3000. We're all going to be watching Jags Saints and changing the channel. Um, they got an ugly win. They won, uh, you know, but late in the game, it looked like the Saints had a chance. If um, Moreau doesn't drop that ball, we're having a different conversation. Yeah. Uh, Lions at nine, the ugliest performance. I don't even know what to say about this team. I, I don't. I, I, this is the kind of game you throw the game film in the trash, proverbially, and just move on to the next week because I don't know what you're going to learn from losing whatever it was, thirty-eight to seven, yeah. or I don't even remember what the score was. It was awful. Thirty-eight to six. Um, yeah. I'm going. I want to talk about Jacksonville really quickly. I, the AFC is so wide open, and we're going to get to this in a little bit. The Chiefs are the best team in the the, the conference. I'm not spoiling anything. Or maybe I am. I don't know. Uh, I think the Chiefs are still the best team in the conference, right? And then every other team has a massive flaw, and basically a fatal flaw that could do them in. I think the Jacksonville is probably the most balanced team, but I don't trust them at all. And a perfect example is. You've got 10 days rest coming up. You're playing an inferior team in Pittsburgh here on Sunday. And you and I, don't. we don't trust Jacksonville to go into Pittsburgh and beat them. Yeah. And they should. Like, they're just so much more talented. They've got a better a, a better uh, quarterback. They've got better offensive line, better receivers. I think if, if, if Jacksonville is going to become a real contender in the AFC, this is the type of game you've got to win on the road. The NFL is so close right now. It's such a league of eight, eight, and one teams that wonky plays lose you a game. And for whatever reason, Steelers players, number one, they play for Mike Tomlin. Number two, they capitalize on wonky plays. They just do. They capitalize. I mean, TJ Watts interception, that was a great play, a uh, great read. So I hate to call that a wonky play, but the spot and everything else. Yeah. It's, the three it's, missed it's, kicks. It's, yep. What would you say? The th- Brett Marr missed three kicks. Oh that's yeah. Why, it's, that's why it, he got that, released you know, today by the Rams. You got to give the Steelers credit, though. They they do capitalize on that yep. when you make a mistake. Um, you just, like you said, the Jags should go in there and handle them. And it's not probably not going to happen. Let's go to our top eight teams, what we think 
are our top eight teams. I wonder if my I've cha- charged my AirPods up enough to use them. We'll find out. Uh, Seahawks at number eight. Uh, this is a team that beat the Cardinals at home. I don't want to get super excited uh, about that. I still don't know how good these Seahawks are, but given the way they played, I think this is kind of where you have to have them. Yeah, I still like the Seahawks team. I th- I still think there's a good bit of distance between them and the top three teams in the, the NFC, but they're a good team. I actually enjoy watching them. They're one of the few teams that I sit down on Sundays and I'm like, oh, I want to watch the Seahawks. They're, they're, they're a good time. I'm glad you feel that way. Uh, <laughs> you don't? You don't like watching the Seattle team? Not really, but you know what? I'll take watching Seattle over our number seven team any day of the week. Uh, great. Yippee. Baltimore won 38 to six. I guarantee you they're not going to cover the spread against the Cardinals. They're going to play the cruddiest game against the Cardinals because this is what the Ravens do. They play a great game where they dominate and then they just play sloppy football. They play mediocre football. Every time you think they're good, Baltimore is the quintessential six seed. That's what they are. They're a six seed that's going to get bounced. It's really hard. Put together four great games in a row. Give me three great games in a row, and I'll get behind them. But I just can't get overly excited about the Lions game unless they go into Arizona and handle their business, which I don't have faith that they're going to do. And I tell you what, with Buffalo, it's kind of the same deal this yeah. year. Uh, the Bills are not having a good season. You could easily put the Ravens and Seahawks ahead of the Bills on this list. I've just seen more consistent good football over the Bills over the last four or five years. They usually bounce back from these kinds of games. Uh, but this is a faith ranking here at six. I thought they were going to bounce back after the way they played against the Giants on Sunday Night Football a week ago. I mean, they should have lost that game. Let me take that back. They very easily could have lost that game if it wasn't for a couple beneficial calls late and a couple non-calls. Mm-hmm. I thought against New England, a team that they know really well, that they were going to come out and just dominate them. Didn't happen. New England ran the ball right down their throats. Buffalo's got yep. major, major issues on both sides of the ball. And, and Josh Allen's missing throws. He missed oh, yeah. digs multiple times in this game. He's not getting any big plays uh, downfield. He's getting a lot of short stuff. Um, you know, I, I, I'm with you there. Uh, but, you know, uh, what do you make of Dallas at five? They were on They were on a bye, so we can't say a lot about them. But they got blown out. Then they had the big win against the Chargers. I'm curious to see how they play against a spunky Rams team. I could definitely see if they don't get to Matt Stafford, I could see the Cowboys taking a home L. But I think they will because the Rams line is so bad. We'll talk about that more uh, in in our picks podcast. Uh, The 49ers at four. Marcus is ecstatic that they lost to the Vikings because they hammered the Cowboys a few weeks ago. Do you have any problem with the Niners and Cowboys ranked here where they are? You're saying, like, should the Cowboys be ranked ahead of the Niners? Is that what you're asking me? <laughs> no, no, no but are they? am I too high on both teams? I just don't know who I would move ahead of Dallas at five and the 49ers at four. Would you put Seattle or Baltimore or Buffalo ahead of these teams? I wouldn't. I would keep San Fran at two, in my opinion. I would have them ahead of both AFC teams. Yeah, well, we're not there yet. Uh, obviously, Dallas is hard to move. They 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 didn't play. Uh, Kansas City with this horrible graphic that Marcus influ- or inflicts on me every week uh, is at number three, and Miami at number two. Now, it would be really easy to put Kansas City over Miami because Miami lost at Philadelphia. But you know, the Chiefs played at home. I think the Chiefs still have some major flaws. 
offensively, if you watch that game, they had a really hard time in the second half. All their production was really first half related. Mm -hmm. They're still too dependent, I think, on Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes to make plays, whereas the Dolphins, I feel like, are a well-rounded team who just went into Philadelphia with a ton of injuries. And then in the third quarter, man, they made that game really, really competitive, even though they were the walking wounded. It's I mean, it's true. They they were without Teron Armstead, Connor Williams, Jalen Ramsey, Xavier Howard. Jalen Waddle got banged up in this game. No Devin A. Chain. So, like, you can understand why that game got out of control a little bit. The Chiefs are interesting to me because there is nothing smooth about this offense. Everything has mm-hmm. to be freestyling. Mahomes running outside the pocket, throwing across his body, scrambling on third and 15. And that's great. But I wonder when they play better defenses in the playoffs, like who else can they rely on? What happens if Travis Kelsey has an ankle injury and he's not quite a hundred percent? Do they have somebody else that they can rely on to get open on, on third and nine? And I just don't see it right now. Yeah, I don't know who coach of the year is right now. I mean, you could probably, you know, give Mike McDaniel some love. You could probably give D'Amico Ryan some love, maybe even Pete Carroll. I I, I don't know where you would go. Uh, but if we're talking assistant if we're going assistant coach of the year, Steve Spagnuolo, hands down to me, that the way Kansas City's defense has played this year, they shut the Chargers down the second half. I just, Miami has shown me more uh, so far. That's why I have more they are. Let's go to the number one team, the Philadelphia Eagles. Do I think the Eagles are a great team? I don't. I think they are playing the best right now off of one game because that's all I have to go off of. The 49ers have lost two weeks in a row when, frankly, they haven't looked good. Kansas City, you just detailed all their problems. Everything's a struggle offensively. And Miami is so banged up. We're not seeing the regular Miami Dolphins. The Cowboys were on a bye, and I'm certainly not putting Buffalo, Baltimore, or Seattle this high. So Philadelphia, on the basis of circling the wagons, uh, playing a good game on Sunday night, recovering. And it also took the Eagles making colossal mistakes to lose to the Jets. And if I, need a, yeah. if I need a final point, the, the beauty of the uniform. I mean, come on. If you don't like the Eagles uniform Sunday night, you don't like football. So this is what Elliot does. He was all in on the 49ers a couple of weeks ago. Now the Eagles are his favorite team. He loves rooting for this Eagles team. Uh, <laughs> no, this Eagle, the Eagles roster is the best in the NFL. I mean, you look at their team. Where is their hole? Like, wh- where is there a weak spot on this team? And they continue to add players like Kevin Byard, who, as you mentioned, they added Julio Jones as their number three receiver. I'm a little bit more dubious on that one, but it's the best team in the NFL. They were the best team in the NFL for most of last year. Um, I, I would be shocked if they're not hosting an NFC championship game this season. And if you guys aren't familiar with Kevin Bayard, he was a really good safety for the Titans for years in the AFC. He's not quite the older veteran that Julio Jones is. Julio Jones came out in the 2011 draft. Bayard, I can't. 15, 16, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so younger player. And it was a position that quite frankly, the Eagles needed to fill. That's another reason they're at number one personnel wise, 22 on 22. They're better than what you have. Uh, even though they've, you know, dilly dallied around in some of their games uh, this year, they didn't do it uh, against Miami. The only thing I was surprised about in that game was that their offensive line got beat. I haven't seen Philadelphia's offensive line get beat no. like that in a long time. But all that said, I give you the floor for the final thought here. Actually, I want to turn it around to you. We've got like two minutes left. Uh, any thoughts on this Taylor Swift stuff in the NFL? Do you, do you like it? Do you dislike it? <laughs> Jeez, you would ask me that. Uh, you know, I'll just say this. I got asked about this the other day. Look, I, I'm all whatever, you know, 
people date, whoever wants to date, date, have a great time. But, you know, I also know that a lot of celebrities more are more than happy with the ancillary benefit they get from these kind of couplings, the increase in Twitter followers, the increase in coverage. Uh, A friend of mine who loves Taylor Swift, loves Taylor Swift, asked me, why is Taylor Swift always on camera when they leave the game? Like, couldn't she find a private exit out of that stadium? Couldn't her people? And I said, absolutely, 100%. The Chiefs could help her with that. Um, so why isn't that choice being made? Because it, this is all free publicity. And I I have nothing against Taylor Swift. I actually admire anyone that plays in it, can play an instrument or write their own music because that seems to be like not a thing in the music industry. But people often wonder how celebrities get away with so much or elevate to certain jobs. Uh, I'll just leave it at that. And um, this is how, because you do 55 cutaways of them. It's such a sad state that we'd rather watch Taylor Swift jumping around with a secret handshake with Brittany Mahomes than we would actually getting a breakdown of how the Chiefs scored a touchdown on that play. I will say my sister, who is a massive Swifty, called me yesterday. and She's like, uh, how come the Chiefs weren't using Travis Kelsey in motion in the red zone? And I just hung up the phone because she was trying to get under my skin. I don't hate it. I, I don't hate it. I just, it's, you know, people do. They wonder why, you know, what America is all about. People in Europe. I was just in Europe and we are just so obsessed with celebrity that people are watching Chiefs games just to see her jumping around and celebrating in a Chiefs sweater. It's not like she's singing the national anthem, you know. Am I missing something? This is fantastic. This is the best final word that we've ever had. Okay. I, I, I have nothing against Taylor Swift, though. I just want I do respect Taylor Swift. So, all right. Uh, that's our power rankings for today. If you want to hear more about the Cowboys and their lack of celebrity status, please listen to Locked On Cowboys. Uh, Marcus does that with Landon McCool. Give Landon a follow on Twitter. Marcus also does Dynasty for the same network, Locked On Network. and covers the Raiders for USA Today Raiders Wire, where he's very – very gung-ho on the Raiders' prospects this year. He also writes for the 33rd team. You can check out his work there. Now that I'm done promoting him, you can also hit his Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosher. I'm at Harrison NFL, and we really appreciate you guys uh, very much. We'll talk to you all when we do our picks. Take care. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.